0: This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about What If Episode 6, What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark?
1: Was it worth it? My cousin. Yeah, I did what I had to do. For what? A throne? For vengeance. For my father. And for all my brothers and sisters who suffered through oppression while you just sat back and watched. You believe the cure for human suffering? Is more suffering. The cure is power, and now I have it. Because you stole it, power and hand can be a very volatile force, cousin. It will get the best of you eventually. On your plane or on ours.
0: Welcome back, fellow defenders, to this episode of our discussion about What If, episode 6. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Yes, I am one of your meow meow hosts, John.
2: I am one of your other hosts, Derek. wow <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther.
1: Ah, uh, that's where we're going. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I
2: I, I just assumed that was the Mjolnir you were trying to say.
1: Yeah, that's where I was going. I was like, Thor wasn't. No,
2: meow, meow. Okay. The other
1: meow, meow. The other meow, meow. I'm the kitten of the group. I am Chris.
0: (laughs) Derek is the old Tom of the group. Mm -hmm. And I am nestled lovely uh, and snugly in between the two of them.
2: There you go.
1: There you go. (laughs) Gentlemen, what did you think? This was an interesting episode, wasn't it?
2: It certainly was. There's, um, there's been a lot of darkness in the episodes of What If uh, over the last couple of weeks, making me think the watcher just really likes watching snuff movies. <laughs> 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 what seems to be going on in these in these universes, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, we've
0: had zombies. I'm like going, what What if Michael Myers? invaded uh the the marvel universe i mean it would just be machete
2: glorious basically or will the last three episodes be um what if uh the avengers were actually clans working in a circus (laughs) 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 like in one division yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) i don't know i just felt like this was missing another 10 minutes like what happened to their final remaining five minutes of this show this episode
2: well, we'll definitely talk about it when we get into our points yeah. about, about the episode and, and our overall feelings on it. But I, I agree this, this is the one that felt like, Oh, hang on a second. We're ending the story. That's the end of the story. It felt like the yep. big change that had happened should have happened about halfway through and then, um, potentially um we could have continued it uh right here it felt like this is coming back next week for the rest of the episode is what it felt yeah. like definitely but we we don't know this absolutely could be what happened what, what will happen we could have in season two it coming back and continuing on from this point yeah
0: yeah i i guess it's it's one of those things isn't it because the actual what if is that tony stark was rescued yeah. but it's all the knock-on consequences mm-hmm. and of course there's some big knock on consequences here yeah, and um, particularly for uh, the diplomatic relationship between Wakanda and the USA, but also for the Black Panther um, and yeah. big time. So, I mean, it's, it's just really um, sort of that knock on effect, which really just begins to amplify um, the, I guess, as, as we've been saying, the ripples, but it certainly, yeah, darker again yeah. um and uh interesting one because it you know it felt obviously with it being down on earth um rather than in space or other realms um, yeah it's an interesting uh take on it um so yeah i mean i yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it again yeah. i enjoyed it again for sure but uh yeah it'd be nice to have some candy floss episodes where it gets even better mm-hmm. you know like they have you know an 8-pack of abs rather than a 6-pack what if, you know? That, that seems like a really you know, small change and only for a certain segment of okay, the audience. A
2: 26-pack so- of of abs or something like that. Again on the abs. Like Again the abs, what about if Captain Marvel had returned at the start of the Avengers and then we had Captain Marvel running through all the Avengers movies like that would have been that'd be a big change with someone that powerful being in the central role of of the Avengers right from the start. That would be a cool change. I'd like to see. I'm sure there'd be uh, some really interesting uh, fun things that could happen if you had uh, Carol Danvers there from the start. But Look, these are all possibilities. It's all the water of universe. Uh, I certainly don't want to continue to repeat ourselves saying we want more every ep- more of uh, at the end of every episode because that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be leaving you wanting more, and it's done that every episode just like all the comics had done for twenty years so but it just felt this had a cut off point at the end of it that felt like we're coming back next week for another episode. Yes, We may be, because we don't know about what What if, what's it, what it's going to be next week, of course. But let's that get true. into discussing the episode, though.
1: Exactly. So, with that, do you want to give us the episode details, Derek?
2: Absolutely. Executive producer on the show, Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, Brad Winterbaum, and, of course, Kevin Feige. Uh, head writer for the show is AC Bradley This Week. The episode was written by Matthew Chauncey, once again, and directed by Brian Andrews. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. One rescue can change the world.
0: On a visit to Afghanistan in 2008, Tony Stark is rescued from an attack by Lieutenant Eric Stevens, codename Killmonger. Killmonger uncovered a plot by Stark Industries COO, Abadiah Stane, to remove Tony from the company. Eric is rewarded for his discovery with the role of COO as Stane is arrested. Working together, the killer leaders create an automated combat drone... ...led by Jarvis AI and powered by Vibranium from Wakanda. In order to create an army of these soldiers, they make a deal with Ulysses Claw, ...using Lieutenant James Rhodes to hide their involvement. Black Panther arrives to break up the deal and retrieve the stolen Vibranium from Claw, But Killmonger is waiting and executes both James Rhodes and T'Challa. He returns to Stark Industries and kills Tony Stark blaming his murder on retaliation from the Wakandans. Killmonger gains access to Wakanda by using Ulysses' claw, but kills him and offers him up to the Dora Milaje in return for a meeting with King T'Chaka. Eric reveals he is the lost nephew of T'Chaka and wants his place in their society. With the US and Wakanda on the precipice of war, the US creates the drone army and sends them to the outskirts of the hidden city. Killmonger convinces the Wakandan leaders to allow the army in, cutting off their connection to external satellites. As the Wakandans defeat the robot army, T'Chaka selects Erik Killmonger as the next Black Panther. But the young Princess Shuri is not convinced of Erik's intentions and shares the murders he committed on his quest for power with Pepper Potts. Together, they agree to expose the truth about the new Black Panther and to stop the war between the USA and Wakanda.
2: You know the way Microsoft Word allows you to do a word count. I wonder could we do a word count of the times the word "kill" was used in that, or "murder" uh, was used in our synopsis this week? Because there is a lot of death. Killmonger is certainly earning his name and adding to his uh, the marks on his body uh, throughout the episode, isn't he? He certainly is.
1: And we definitely get a scene where he actually we see him cut himself and add to it, literally Mm -hmm. just after a kill. Yeah, 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 definitely,
0: definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean. Let's get into our top 3 discussion points. Mm-hmm. Uh with our first point, what if we had seen this before? Uh what is the name of that cinematic universe movie mm-hmm. that has inspired this uh alteration to the Marvel universe? And I guess there's 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 two here. There's Iron Man one, uh with Tony uh, in his convoy selling his Stark Industries tech and weapons. Uh, to the, the the different warring factions mm-hmm. in Afghanistan. Uh, and there is also uh, the Black Panther movie um, around Killmonger, and that certainly is the one that really uh, kind of uh, blossoms here uh, towards the end. But importantly, um, you know, it, it really affects, the whole iron man series this this uh slight change um in in afghanistan uh-huh. and uh to the point where i guess you don't have an iron man 2 which i guess we can all breathe a sigh of relief um
1: <laughs> hey. about
0: uh, and but we you know we we sadly don't get the marvel christmas movie either mm-hmm. which is uh iron man 3 yeah and of course i do like games, so it, it's kind of you know
2: it's a shame we don't get aim in the MCU. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it, it really does affect everything from this point onwards. The, the, that opening intro with the watcher talking through, you know, the creation of a hero, that idea that if, uh, Tony Stark had been captured, of course, he would have created the Iron Man armor. And that leads on to everything from there forward. He is the instigator, uh, from this, in this storyline, at least to the entirety of those. 24 movies wasn't it all the way through the cinematic universe to when he finally snaps his fingers at the end saving the universe uh using the uh the Thanos gauntlet uh with all the stones inside. So I did like that they that they put that at the start. So this is the impact Tony has had over the years, but what happens if he's saved here and dies at the hands of Killmonger effectively well everything that we've seen so far doesn't happen in the way that we've seen it effectively. No.
1: Not at all. Um and it's interesting because we we knew how instrumental he was, but when you actually start to think of how that one small change, and it's just essentially that one small change at the beginning, it changes everything. It mm-hmm, does yeah. really change, because you do lose the Avengers. Obviously, there will be uh, an invasion by Loki, but there'll be no Tony Stark to pull together the Avengers with Nick yeah. Fury.
2: Technically, it is Nick Fury that pulls together the Avengers. Tony Stark is just a consultant that has uh, no skin in the game. He just happens to be brought on board. Um, so there, we will still have the Avengers, but, but it'd be a different configuration.
0: Yeah, and Tony Stark was instrumental in closing that hole uh, above uh, New York where mm-hmm. the armies were invading. I mean, you know, in Iron Man 1, he is captured, and that's where we get the iron suit from. Yep. Um, it 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 plays out in a longer form uh with Obadiah Stane um being found out for his, his involvement for sure. But I think as well that rescue that is the change um, but actually it changes the Black Panther narrative in the sense that Killmonger comes with a different plan. Yeah. Um here. And so the the change is actually the strategy of Killmonger, to some respect, which leads to him rescuing Tony Stark, uh, and, and then infiltrating in and being a confidant of Tony Stark's, uh, where he can play uh, play um, the different sides off from one another. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this has huge implications for the creation of the MCU, effectively with the first ever movie in mm-hmm. Iron Man One, and one of you know the. Um, One of the best, you know, um, movies of the MCU in terms of the outcome of that. And so I think, I think let's get into our second point here. What if there was a small change? Mm -hmm. What, you know, the premise of this episode, as we said, is, um, Killmonger rescues Tony Stark in Afghanistan and brings him safely back to the USA. We have no Tony Stark in a cave, yep. no um no shrapnel around the heart. Um I do like that throwaway comment about we could possibly do a miniature arc reactor and it's like no no no, we'll use vibranium <laughs> in the um the automated drones that mm. they're, they're going to develop. I love that Tony even says, "No, that's
2: a stupid idea." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that that was that was a nice yeah. little touch. But he does still see the bombs from Stark Industries landing around the men in yeah. Afghanistan. So he still has that con- concept that it's probably not a great idea that we're selling bombs to the enemies in in uh, enemy armies, effectively. So at least he is still changing his mind about his warmongering ways and looking at ways to. Um, to change the army so men aren't involved and they aren't possibly going to be having bombs dropped on them by stark industries
0: well he ultimately says we need to sell better so it's not that he's not gonna yeah it's not that he's not gonna sell it it's just that need to sell better Um, and like possibly not top of the range stark weaponry to people that are firing it you know give them bow and arrow or or a large stick you know with Mm. stark Industries sort of chiseled on the side of it or something like that but (laughs) i think um you know this is that's the the small change but i think as mentioned briefly in the point one the interesting thing for me is that actually there's a change before that because killmonger has decided to put himself there in order to rescue him and for the events that follow, uh, which is really devious of Killmonger, Absolutely. and we we know he was because he was a bit like that really in the Black Panther movie. This was, is yeah. where he's just the 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 pathway to what he wants to do. Yeah, um, he's changed it in his mind. His plan has changed, mm-hmm. and which puts him. You know what four hundred clicks away uh from his unit um to go and uh rescue uh Tony Stark and bring him back okay. and he's done all that it, it's so premeditated at that press conference. I love the fact that he basically exposes Obadiah stain right there in
2: front of everyone Absolutely. so and um, deal with the ten rings Society. Yeah. um and unfortunately, I do have to remind everybody, we haven't seen uh, Shang-Chi still. So uh we don't know if there's a direct connection to uh, to what's happening here and what happened in the movie that's just been out a few weeks. But I presume they are mentioning that Ten Rings Society in this episode because they would suspect everybody's seen that movie by now. <laughs> so uh, just to mention it again, because obviously the Ten Rings Society did form a part of the original Iron Man movie. But just as a reminder that the Ten Rings Society has gone all the way back to yeah. Iron Man 1, uh, it's nice to see it mentioned in here.
1: Great. I will say I've seen it. Oh, excellent. Yes. Um I will not be confirming or denying anything cuz mm-hmm. I, don- I I want to keep you guys in suspense. Uh, our fellow defenders will know if there is or not any um relationship between the these two points. Um mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I just don't want to ruin it for you guys. Oh, of course
2: not. Of course not. Yeah. But The title of the movie is Shakchi Chi and the Legend of the 10 Rings and I presume that is connected to the Ted Rings. Um, but anyway, we will move on. Hope you enjoyed the movie, Chris. We will be talking about it once we've seen the movie. Of yes. course. On the podcast as well. Make sure you stay subscribed to TV podcast industries to get that. Um, but let's get back to this particular episode. I do really enjoy the other individual changes that happen here happen really quickly. I love that, um, that Killmonger gets the role of security chief security officer at Stark industries during this press conference, which was. Happy Hogan's job, yep. and I think by the end of the press conference or a tiny bit later, he becomes COO, which is Pepper Potts's job. Um, she takes that over from Obadiah that So, um, and then she eventually becomes C- CEO of uh, of Stark Industries. So effectively, he's just pushed aside both of um Tony Stark's main confidants, all the people that would have been around him and kind of helped him out. Uh, to create the killer force at the top of Stark Industries, that is, Killmonger and uh, and Tony Stark. So uh, I think that was quite interesting, wasn't it? Definitely. Like,
0: as I say, it's it's just that... It's that plan. Uh, It's that premeditation of Mm -hmm. Killmonger, which, like, I loved from Black Panther and and his, you know, his reasons for it. And we get a bit of that when he kills Rhodey Mm -hmm. uh, as well here. You know, why are you wearing the uniform of your oppressors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. so he, his, his, um, his rationale is still there uh, very much. Yeah. Um, and, uh, even though there is the big battle at, um, Claw's uh, ship and reclamation yard. Uh, I, I like the fact that, you know, we have the big battle between Killmonger and Black Panther in the Black Panther movie. Here it's transferred to, um, what we see in the um, Age of Ultron movie as well. But here, whereas Black Panther had the the tech and knew the tech of the Black Panther suit, here it's Killmonger using Stark tech again to effectively uh, immobilize and and disarm uh, the Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And again, two deaths here, um, which is then found out by Tony Stark realizes that he is being sort of taken for a mug here. Well, yeah. But yeah. the all-seeing Jarvis AI, um, what does he say? Never played
2: Clue with Jarvis, because um, you can always see I did like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 there's a really good point that you make as well about Age of Ultron, because um, the fact that Killmonger has convinced Tony to build these drones um, has pushed Tony to push the Jarvis AI into these drones as well, something that he... Uh, he would only have done his own suit, and something that also eventually led to Ultron. Um, so that's kind of interesting as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So that it changed to to Age of Ultron too.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I just want to call out one thing: um, the the voice acting from the Tony Stark, Obadiah Stane, and Pepper Potts mm-hmm. um, uh, voice actors who literally or actors, I should say who have lent their voice. Too much so. Mick Wingert is the the gentleman who played Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. I actually thought they got Robert Downey Jr. back. Very like It was spot on at the beginning. I was like...
0: It was really good.
1: I thought for a second, oh wait, maybe they're just going to save him and then kill him quickly. And that's just the audio they ripped from the original movie. Right. I thought it was... Because it was that. And it wasn't until the end that I was like, okay, maybe they got Quina Paltrow back. Because I, I was just like... Maybe, maybe this was the big surprise this week. Hey, you know what? We actually got our DJ and Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow back. The surprise! No, I was like, wow, okay, They they exactly sound like those people.
2: They did a really good job, and certainly, you know, having the specific lines that were said in Iron Man 1, now, what, uh, 12 years ago, is that yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah. 12 or 13 years ago, having having the actors say those lines in such a great way, you know, I'm sure the reference of being able to use the original lines to practice over and over again to make sure they, they nail it, to, I, I, I totally get what you mean. At the beginning, it does feel like they've just... Crip those lines directly from yeah. the movie. So, uh, but you could, there, there are certainly differences with them. Uh, with Pepper Potts, yes, you're doing a great impression of, uh, of Grandpa how's voice without a doubt. Um, Obadiah Stane, hey, look, nobody sounds like Jeff Bridges. Um, there's nobody in the world that sounds like him. He's such a distinctive voice. So I don't think it was necessary for that voice actor to nail Obadiah Stane because I don't think anybody else can. <laughs> than I, I- Jeff Bridges. But it was great to see everybody else back once again. So many. Great actors from the m c u once again coming back to reprise their roles in here
1: yeah, and it was even um the the actress who played Shuri. she played um uh Tamar in the runaways, and she's actually in Deathloop, she plays Juliana in Death Loop the game she is that actress um spot on Shuri. it was just very it sounded like the actress uh, from the 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 film, so I was shocked. Um, and yes, you're right. Having those original lines to crib, to practice on, probably made it perfectly. But anyway, let's get back to the main. I just wanted to call them out because I really, it really did stump me initially.
2: Absolutely. And since we mentioned it before about Leslie Bibb coming back, um, who played Christine Everhart, uh, she came back for like a one line, uh, part in, um, the episode two, two weeks ago. Uh, It's really good to see her back in this role that she made from Iron Man 1. Of course, that's the way they're recording this. They bring her back for four or five episodes, potentially, or five or six lines uh, to record when she comes back into the studio. That makes loads of sense. You know, having everybody coming back that way, having Paul Bettany back, having John Favreau back, where they've only provided a line here or there over the the last couple of weeks. um, Just having them back to do multiple lines and spreading them across multiple episodes makes loads of sense. So, yeah, really enjoyed that too. Uh, But... Definitely have to call out having one of the best voice actors of all time um reprising his role as Ulysses Claw here, having Andy Serkis back here at uh, reprising his role because again he his version of that role of U- Ulysses Claw is so distinctive that I don't know whether anybody else could have done that line those lines and delivered them the way oh, he yeah. does uh, in in the movies. You know, they certainly could do the character from Marvel Avengers Assemble the the uh, the cartoon that's on uh, Disney Plus. I'm sure they could get the actor that plays that role. But you know that Ulysses Claw sounds different from uh, from the other uh, cartoon version of the character. So it's great to see Andy Circus coming back in here too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the interesting thing is, you know, Claw, Ulysses Claw, live on the edge, die on the edge. He still dies in, in this mm-hmm. uh this timeline, yeah. because of the nature of his business, I guess, that doesn't change. It's just... So pretty much exactly um, the same way, too. Well, pretty much, yeah. But he's more involved, it would seem, with Killmonger in terms of mm-hmm. leaking this uh, this meetup between Rhodes and, um, and him to the Wakandans. Uh, that that flushes out the 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 Black Panther yeah. here for Killmonger then to to get rid of, and so of yeah. course you know the big change is you have the death of T'Challa, um the Black Panther here uh, he doesn't die in Black Panther but here you know you see the funeral procession with the Dora Milaje okay. here in this coupled with um with with Rhodey yeah uh, and I thought that was really sort of meaningful um so obviously given uh what has happened with uh Chadwick Boseman and so on it felt quite um quite poignant really so Claw's involvement really you know still ends up in his his death and you know on top of that you have then not only T'Challa not only Rhodey and Claw but you have Tony Stark here Mm -hmm. and because of the the Jarvis AI um really recording what killmonger has done i just if i was tony stark i just would not have stayed in the same room uh you know why would you put down the hatches uh you know these steel uh blinds Mm. effectively and stay in the same room i would like step out and then steal him in (laughs) and then send in the
2: drone. And I think I think the arrogance of Tony's you know. abilities has always been one of the one of his his deadfalls, really, has it? of those It's one of those things. of got him of before, of the but, yeah. um, but and the doesn't the the Iron Man the this time, yeah. so he's but the totally. has of has the drone and the that uh that his abilities could get of the on of everything that's of the there of of the moves, exactly as he says. But definitely one of the things that you don't do is go up against the co-creator of the exact same same um, weapon and say, I'm going to use this weapon on you because, hey, Killmonger knows exactly what went into that as well. He's a very intelligent guy. So uh, that was a really silly move, a really bad move from Tony.
0: Yeah.
2: And here, interestingly, Killmonger
0: uses this as the pretext that it's a a Wakandan reprisal uh, against Tony Stark for what happened to Black Panther. But here, Killmonger is and it kind of reflects what he said to Rhodey about you know wearing the uniform mm-hmm. of your oppressor but he uses his oppressor in terms of the US army here in order to get his way into uh Wakanda to prove effectively his worth uh as you know a a a a potential new black panther um you know he he's not just using his uh his bloodline here uh, okay. like in black panther he is effectively causing a distraction um that he seemingly is not a part of by setting the US against Wakanda and then coming in to say how the Wakandans can destroy this army of drones that have been sent against them. And I
2: thought that was a really neat little change. Yeah, it's um, certainly a more complicated plan, isn't it? Um Like th- one of the things everybody will probably remember from the Killmonger character, and after everybody went to see it in the cinema, there was a huge kind of outcry of, you know, well, Killmonger's methods may be wrong, but his concept is right. And I definitely kept that within the character in here. The conversation yeah. he has with Tony before killing him is um the, the line he says of, uh, what's the difference between you and me? Well, the difference is, I can see the difference between you and me and you can't, um, which I think is a, is a really good line and yeah. just underlines what it is that Killmonger's fighting for. This is eight years before the events of Black Panther. So he's coming at this and, and initiating his plan eight years before he initiated that plan in Black Panther, but with a much stronger and much more complex plan that he's, uh, that he's enacting here. Well, I, I, I think overall he's just more calculated.
0: Like he's still got the emotion, but the emotion doesn't get the better of him. And ultimately, in Black Panther, it's like the emotion of of his cause of what he's doing because he still he still had to plan it, but it kind of mm-hmm. overrides it to so the point where you know he's really trying to subjugate everyone in Wakanda that used to be aligned with dachaka uh, oh, yeah. and, and 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 all of that here uh, in in this timeline. It's not that the emotion's not there. It's not, and it's certainly the same rationale, but the calculate, he just feels more calculated or more in control. And so the sense that he proves himself rather than simply says, this is rightfully
2: mine. I'm going to take it. Um, And yeah, he's he's, because of the eight year difference, he's playing on the fact that the Wakandans didn't get the justice they deserved by. Uh, by Claw being found, so Claw has yeah. been out in the open for eight yeah. years after killing multiple people in Wakanda in in the movie, um, and he plays on that in order to get himself up and in the position of being able to battle for the title of Black Panther with uh, yeah. with T'Challa. So, uh, so there are those differences.
1: The the one thing that did make me go hmm, which was that T'Challa was Black Panther eight years early. Um,
2: not so, early. No, he, he was in the position of Black Panther when we met him first. Um, T'Chaka is seen as Black Panther back in the nineties. And then T'Challa takes over as Black Panther as his father gets older and then eventually becomes King of, King of Wakanda. Um, you're is, right. Is Sorry. Yes. It? Uh, so we yeah. didn't see Black Panther at this time, but we know he had been established as Black Panther, uh, during that period at some point. So so it's likely to think, given his age, it's likely to think that he's probably been uh, Black Panther since the time of Iron Man 1, isn't it?
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So just, okay, well then that is canon now, I guess, Hmm. that he has been, or he was, or no, he has been, because it's just an alternate universe. So yes. God, multiverses. Sometimes it's hard. Just with grammar, you're like, has been, will be, (laughs) won't, uh Yeah. Right now, mm-hmm. anywho, um, I really enjoy. Look, I this aspect of the kind of the the duplicity of Killmonger in mm-hmm. this to become the the uh, kind of more golden black pa- golden panther because he still had the some of that kind of yellow shimmer to some of his suit Absolutely. as he kind of took on. Yeah, uh, it's, the same, so, it's the
2: same suit that Shuri created for him when he became yeah. uh, Black Panther in, in the movie. Definitely, yeah.
1: Um, so looks. Speaking
2: fantastic. of Shuri, actually, I uh, didn't really mention it. again eight years earlier. Um, but wow, she looks like a child. She looks like a six-year-old yep. or a seven-year-old. Um, I don't know whether she should have been aged then that much, but I guess it's about right, isn't it? She's well, she, about, she was she's about sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Take off eight years, yeah. It's mm-hmm. about right. But again, confirmed as a genius uh, in, in in this in this uh, show as well. Uh, just like she was in, in Black Panther.
1: Yes, hundred percent, and that kind of leads us to towards the the, the end to the wrap up this this this, this episode, um, because we are essentially uh, the Eric has become the Black Panther of uh of Wakanda, and if you want, we can move it on into where this leaves us our third point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, interestingly as well though is that we know there's more to come because. You're right. He's he's there as Black Panther. In this world effectively Wakanda and the US are at war. It's um, you know, they're at war Wakanda. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but we have, you know, Pepper Potts and Shuri right at the end um coming together to um effectively expose Killmonger for what he's done and how he has manipulated the events in order to um bring him um from his Black Panther perch, I guess, yeah. and to, to stop the war between the US and Wakanda, which is effectively built on false intel mm-hmm. to to both sides. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I found this interesting. So for me this was So I it's kinda of where we started at the beginning. So this I know Derek, and you made a very fair point, which was every episode so far, we've kind of gone, oh, I wish there was more. Yeah. This one actually felt it was just an abrupt ending, ending with the Shuri-Pepper Potts kind of display uh, d- discussion. And mm. then the Watcher saying that sometimes new heroes rise up. Yeah. That's fantastic. It needed another three minutes or so. <laughs> Just it needed not. I don't need another episode. It was a nice contained "what if." It just needed an additional minute or two. It just felt so sharp of an ending, if that makes sense. It just right. felt like they they could have just said, "And from this springs kind of, and you see rescue, Pepper Potts as rescue, but a, a, a Wakandan based rescue or." You see Shuri rise up as her version of the Black Panther from the comic books or something. It just needed a bit more of... It It was the perfect present. It just needed the bow on top to close off the story. Okay. Because it just essentially, unlike the other ones where, yeah, okay, you had Thanos with the glove. Like, that was just more in, say, the, the zombie episode. You had Thanos with the Zombie Sathanos. Mm-hmm. Or, what did we call them, zom zomnas? Or oh, I can't remember. I can't even remember from feedback last episode. But this just felt so. The only word I can say is just an abrupt ending. It was just it it left it too undescribed. If that if that will say anything.
2: Okay, I I, I do think there's a problem in the writing of this episode. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I don't think it's I don't think another minute of the episode would have resolved it. I think because of the complexity of Killmonger's story and his plan that's going on here there's so much that they need to get through in the episode that's squeezing it all into again another one of the longest episodes we've had so far 33 minutes uh by by my count um with with credits of course but it's it's about a minute or two longer than most of the episodes we've seen so far so i'm not too sure whether anything they could have done uh could have finished the episode more then there was what i'm really happy about is that we did get that scene with pepper Potts and uh, and shuri as the capper on it because it's a hopeful end because what's happened here is effectively the villain of black panther has won and his what does he win he wins a world war with the u.s black panther finished with wakanda opening its um technology to the world and bringing everybody in and bringing everybody along on the journey of the discoveries that they that they made it's a really hopeful ending to overall a really hopeful movie whereas this has ended this story has ended with killmonger getting his own way and looking to arm the world and starting a war against what he who he believes are his oppressors um that's a really negative end. That's a really downer end. There's so much death in the episode; it can feel like an, a downer of an episode. I said at the start, it feels like another downer of an episode. But at least there's a bit of hope at the end that there are, that there will be somebody that will rise up in the same way as the Avengers episode, uh, where they all died, ended with Captain Marvel and Captain America effectively rising to start the Avengers in a different way. That is a hopeful end to a, yeah. a really a real downer of an episode. So at least they had a tag on it. But I do think as it rushes through to the end trying to get through the complexities of Killmonger's plan, it does feel really stuffed.
1: Yeah. I get that too, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, in in terms of seeing how it plays
0: out after Killmonger has effectively achieved his objectives in in What If that Mm -hmm. he didn't in Black Panther, I mean, I guess most probably – all, with the exception of the Doctor Strange one, because he ends that universe, mm-hmm. um, have somewhere where there's threads that will continue because yeah. it's not the end of time. Mm-hmm. Um where so that I I I I think is fine. I think um in terms of the hopeful stuff, I think that's really good. Really that you know someone has um spotted the, the duplicitousness of Killmonger. Yeah. Um, you know, and it confirms Pepper Potts' feelings that she had to him. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't mind some of the bad guys getting their moment of, of triumph because <laughs> I mean, let's face it, literally most comics and, and movies mm-hmm. do not give them that. Absolutely. I mean, if only for that fleeting moment in time, yeah. you know, and Killmonger is, i guess you could say he's a bad guy but he's just he's an antagonist Mm -hmm. Um, and you know his goals have can could be done in different ways but he's a trained military tactician from annapolis he's uh you know undercover ops very very clever Mm -hmm. very good at what he's doing and he's doing Mm -hmm. it in that way um so he's working in those shadows, mm-hmm. you know, because that's his training. He's using military, um, because that's his training. Yeah. He's affecting diplomacy because that's what he's been trained to do and he's hugely successful at it. So, um, like, yeah, I, that was all, that's the only thing I would say. I, I kind of don't really mind that Killmonger ended off
2: in that position yeah yeah i think and i think you're right i think that is the the interesting thing for the watcher and the choice of what if to look in and these stories that would have turned out differently because effectively every single marvel movie could have turned out with the uh, antagonist winning um so if it hadn't been for our heroes so that is the interesting thing you know if you if you look at some of the reviews as time has gone on they start commenting on the fact that every single marvel movie ends with the villain getting beaten right well that's that is what marvel's all about it's Absolutely. about the heroes winning so if you're going to look in in a universe where things are different of course looking in on where the where the villain wins and achieves his goal is a great use of the of the mechanic of what if um any other notes about the episode that you want to talk about that, that we didn't cover within the kind of structure of our points guys uh none from me
1: no i just wanted to call out like it's very interesting that the 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 Autonomaton that was created was, yes, as Killmonger jokes, uh, he was going through an anime phase. Yeah. Um, but it did look like the, uh, hammer bots from, um, number two, Iron Man two. Yeah. Same head. Um, which is, it, I found was fun and interesting. And it looked, it looked more and more like those bots than any of the previous.
2: Yeah, absolutely, a really, a really interesting. I'm sure that was intentional to tie it in with the movie that will never happen, of course, yeah. with the death te- with the death of Tony Stark. Um, I have to say, one of one of the call out, they, they definitely nailed the humor of those Iron Man movies. Uh, loved some of the moments in there. Happy Hogan uh, knocking out uh, Obadiah Stane and going, "Never liked that guy." A, a great little moment in there. Loved the press conference with Tony Stark where he's saying. Um, what happened to you over there? And he says, I, I smashed a drink. Uh, I consider that a war crime. Uh, have you learned anything from your experience in Afghanistan? Well, I'm never going to a country without a, without a four seasons. Uh, love those lines. The, there the was a really good, uh, knowledge of the, of the, the humor that Tony Stark and his whole team bring to, uh, bring to the Marvel universe. So, uh, great job by Matthew Chauncey on, on that side of things. Yeah, definitely. One final note that we probably should talk about: just the appearance here of, of Chadwick Boseman um, in uh in the vision that uh, that Killmonger has after becoming Black Panther. Once again, another really uh, moving moment uh, from Black ba- from yes. from Chadwick Boseman. Like the, this idea of uh, of him speaking from beyond the grave, effectively. It's, it's what's happening here. He's telling Killmonger that he will get punished either in this life, he will get found out and punished, or in the afterlife when he gets to the Wakandan's afterlife, he will be punished there. Um, it's a, it's just a really interesting one. I know I, I'm trying to make sure I, I deal with this sensitively. We know, we know that Chadwick Boseman was aware of his death, uh, before it happened. We know he was aware of his illness. He knew he was got, he, he was very, very sick and probably was aware of it at the time when he was recording this. So it's interesting that all of the lines that he's spoken in the episodes that he has appeared in have been around death and have been uh, around. Leaving messages behind, effectively for the people that are that are living past him. I think that's quite an interesting use, and I wonder if if uh, if Chadwick himself was um, in agreement of of the lines, if he if he wanted to leave that behind as his legacy.
1: Oh yeah, I think so. If these performances were his, or well, from what we are aware of, were his last performance ever. Um, he recorded these lines. Just after he had finished another previous film, the one where he was a jazz singer,
2: Uh, Maroney's Black Bottom, is that the? the I I think it was. I think
1: it was that. It was that. Where he he was very, very thin, very Mm -hmm. sickly looking, and that's where it started to come out. Like, oh, what what was wrong? And he had filmed or recorded these episodes, to our understanding, just after that. So okay. Okay. There would definitely be elements of that. Yeah, uh, I, I know so there was can... even
2: things that have come out after after the fact about the movies that he was choosing. He was trying to ensure that he was leaving a better legacy behind than it happened for a lot of black actors in the past, where they were effectively being cast as either criminals or police officers, and that was kind of it. That was where your where everything lay, and he was he was making those choices to further further the development of what's available for black actors in America. You know, that was certainly um an intention that he had so it's so just interesting if he was also building that into his legacy of the mcu as well
0: i think so i i think um i think chadwick boseman and how he has been um brought into these what if episodes has just been very very well done Mm -hmm. by the writers uh, by marvel um and Chadwick Boseman I mean I think a lot of the lines you know most of us have said at the time and a lot of feedback about how you know given the context uh, of his death how they felt more weighty more poignant and um, or more emotional for, for people and I, I think there is certainly um, that intent here mm-hmm. to to provide that that platform there of you know, to do good in life, that, you know, all these different messages, I, I think it's something meaningful, uh, at least. So uh, it, it's been a really well handled um, by this creative team, for sure.
1: Yep. Very quickly, just want to think, uh, a nice fun piece uh, is that if you're on any of the interwebs at the moment, you will see uh, a fan created, what if Terrence Howard was in this episode. <laughs> As Rodi. <laughs> someone uh, has, excellent. Someone has like basically <laughs> photoshopped him in and drew him in. And I was I laughed because I was like, oh yeah, they should have like they could have done something funny there. Obviously mm-hmm. that completely none avoids all the rest of it. But I just thought I saw it and I went, that was well done internet.
0: <laughs> so with that, guys, um Derek, do you defend uh, What If? Killmonger
2: rescued Tony Stark, Episode 6? I don't know. I'm kind of torn here. I really like the episode. I love the concept. This is absolutely a What If comic. This is exactly the kind of thing you would see. You know, Killmonger wins. Um, that Um that, That's a really good uh, idea for it. I think this could have been the first episode because of the kind of simple concept of Iron Man 1, Tony Stark gets saved... But everything changes so much afterwards that you do need the knowledge of a few episodes of the show to, to know that not every universe is all bad or, um, not everything is going to go bad for, for the characters in each of the universes. Uh, the last couple of episodes, I think, building up from being quite negative from episode three onwards, really, uh, I could do with a, a what if episode that's a bit more lighthearted, uh, in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. we have three more to go. I'm just hopeful that we have one that's a bit more lighthearted. I have a feeling the Thor episode, because Thor is treated like a joke in the MCU anyway. That they'll probably use that as a comedy episode in some sense. It'll probably be, uh, it'll probably be there light hearted. You know, yeah, it'll Brilliant. probably be a musical episode of of What If? Um, Excellent stuff. So, yeah. so.
0: Well, like, maybe they're just conditioning us for you know the the next phase of the MCU, which will be kind of Dark Rain esque in, in its uh, its approach, mm. where it will feel hopeless and. uh maybe then Korg will ultimately be your favourite character because he will
2: bring that light, jokey relief. Maybe. It's weird for me to say that, though, isn't it? Because I'm the one that doesn't like the comedy movies uh, in the MCU. Mm -hmm. I just think the show itself has nine episodes to prove the concept effectively, and I think maybe uh, this one just felt... It was a bit of a downer seeing, um, how many people get murdered in the episode for a killmugger to achieve his goal. That's probably what it is. Um, that's probably the the bit, but I think the episode itself, really good writing. Um, I really like the storyline, uh, overall. So, uh, so yes, certainly defend it. And certainly I'll watch it again when we go through, uh, what if again, of yeah. course. Well, there was certainly more killed in Sokovia, I guess. Um,
1: yes.
0: Thanks, Avengers.
1: Mm. Just calling out very quickly for our listeners, Dark Rain was a comic book arc. Um, yes. just sorry, just so, a very good, very, very good comic book arc, uh, series arc, if you will, that spanned yeah. the whole Marvel universe. Yeah. It was um, really
2: good. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, commenting on your other point, John, um, Sokovia, uh, has been saved because, uh, no Tony Stark. That was right? So, uh, yeah. so, so, no, so no, no Scarlet Sokovia Witch. instance, no Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Uh, loads
0: of different, loads uh, of, of different implications here. <laughs> Chris, do you defend episode six of What If?
1: Yes, but this is a 50-50 job for me. Um, I really enjoyed the episode. Fantastically written. The voice acting by the actors themselves is tremendous. Um, the storyline is theoretically interesting on paper. Um, it just didn't deliver that last part for me. It You could have just said, what if Killmonger was Black Panther? Because that's essentially what it was. Mm. Um, the, it, it was um, yes, this one small change, but it was essentially Killmonger. Was he? How did he know to be beside Tony Stark at that point? Was he part of the Ten Rings? Like, there's too many other open thread. It's just basically what if he was there at that one time? Yeah, is the 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 point? But then they they opened the question while he was 200 miles away from his. Um, from his platoon, so why was he there uh and they mentioned the ten rings, and that was nothing like there's so many unanswered questions, and then it just felt too abrupt of an ending it right. just it needed it just needed a few more bows and a few more story kind of clasping it off so yes, I enjoyed it. I will probably enjoy it as much again the next time. It didn't fully deliver for me in some of like the the ones like the like the zombie was a better one than this. The the like uh, C- Captain Carter was way better than this in my opinion. And like we've had like we've had so many episodes. This was one potentially what I would call a falter. The first as I consider it, a falter. Now still a good episode. Yeah. Like still three out of five or more. Just it was just not. What I have previously enjoyed. And again, do you know what? That's okay, because six days from now, I get another episode. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And when I watch online episodes again, this is one I'll just go, all right. So, there you go. Yes, I do defend, but ish. John, do you defend this episode of What If?
0: Uh, Yeah, I do defend this episode of What If? Uh, I might be going slightly against the grain uh, on the podcast here. I'd give this four poor crimes out of five (laughs) Um, and I think um, I I, I really enjoyed seeing um, this version effectively of of Black Panther and I like the idea of um, Iron Man not existing in a sense and, and what that has and I think um I, I guess as well, it was just, you know, up until the point where it became obvious, there was still that notion that maybe Killmonger is actually good in this timeline with what he's done. You know, that that intervention there in 2008, uh, saving Tony Stark, him coming into the Tony Stark um, company, that it, it shifted his focus away. And then, you, you know, when he's ratting out Obadiah Stane, you know, he's dressed in white. It's that kind of, uh, he seems full of good intentions. Uh, and it's, it's only really, um, when you, you know, he has his, well, he has his jacket ripped off by the, the drone, uh, mm-hmm. that you, you know, you see the marks. He's still doing that and that he hasn't. And actually what the rescue of Tony Stark is about is about a more calculated killmonger. A more long-term planning from Killmonger for the same goals that ultimately work, but it's not to say that everyone has been duped by him, uh, as we see with Pepper Potts and, and with Shuri. So I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was um, a, a good sort of twist on these two two movies. I, I guess the the main thing you it, it, you know it does lead into the, to the Black Panther. Uh, r- rather than focusing on then what would happen along the Iron Man timeline, mm-hmm. really. But again, you know, we've talked about those implications yeah. uh, and that's the, the intrigue. Uh, so, yeah, I do defend um, this episode of What If? Uh, with four poor crimes out of five. Poor being
2: spelt P-A-W, of course. Very good. Very good. I thought it was pork rinds. Uh, when you said that it's Ed That's probably just my <laughs> accent. <laughs> it could be, it could be.
1: Gentlemen, let's go to the pub because I need to wet my whistle after that episode.
0: Yes, fellow quizzers and fellow defenders, we're back in the pub drinking the finest ale from Wakanda, I believe. Um, I have no idea what it's called, whether it comes in pints or whatever because i have no idea of what they drink there maybe it's just a budweiser <laughs> uh, who knows uh, but yes episode 6 of what if the this week's pub quiz question is how much can tony
2: stark spend on a slow tuesday in vegas mm, wow mm. Uh, yeah i'd like to i'd like to be there in uh, in vegas with him on a tuesday to be honest
0: Definitely. <laughs> uh, just to repeat that, how much can Tony Stark spend on a slow Tuesday in Vegas? Send your answers through to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, and you can send in all your questions via that route where you'll be put into the automatronic voice of Google who will um, pick uh, the, the successful pub quizzer uh, for our Funko Pops prizes that we'll be uh, giving to the fellow quizzer with the most correct answers. Um, So, yes, absolutely, keep them coming. They are what-if
2: Funko Pops as well. Yes, they are. But if you are the only one that gets all the questions right, remember, you will be uh, straight into uh, to getting those Funko Pops. Yes, uh, exactly. If, that um, is true. If there
0: is an out-and-out leader, if they have zoomed past that finish line before everyone else... Mm-hmm. Then, of course, uh, yes. Then they will get the Funko Pops, for sure. Yeah. So uh, keep those answers coming in, fellow quizzers and fellow defenders.
1: And with that, let's go for an ad break. No, we don't have ad breaks here. But you can support us over on Patreon by heading on to patreon.com slash Industries. And I just want to say a quick personal thank you from all of us here at TV Podcast Energy to all our Patreons, where a single Wakandan dollar or Wakandan, I don't actually know what the currency in Wakanda is, so we'll call it Wakandan dollar, c- can help keep the podcast going. Yes, yes, yes. It helps keep the little, little, little tiny panthers that we have in a wheel running around keeping our uh, podcast engines flowing. Yes, that is. Or you can, for a single, price of a coffee you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi where you can keep our illustrious editor producer extraordinaire derek in coffee as he toils away into the wee wee hours on editing this show Mm -hmm. so once again thank you very much to our patreons if you'd like to support us there please do or buy derek a coffee because he needs it it's been a long week
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much to our patrons and to our our coffee providers. Uh, And of course, you can support us uh, by subscribing, rating us and leaving a review as well and sharing the podcast to your wide friends and family, uh, relatives, you name it. uh, Supporting the podcast and sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing the good old love. So any support you can provide is very Very welcome. Let us get on to our feedback for this week's episode and a few others, I guess,
2: from the previous episodes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. First piece of feedback comes in from Suzanne Nelson sent me an email uh, to uh, correct me on uh, on something I said in last week's episode. She says, I don't live there now, but I was born and raised in NYC and lived there in my 20s too, so I can assure you that there is... Are definitely many trades that go from Grand Central 42nd Street, nice depiction on the TV show, of course, uh, to New Jersey. I agree with Happy, though, not my favorite place to visit. <laughs> Thanks for the great podcast. See, that's what happens. We, we don't live in New York. So I was st- I was steered wrong last week. Thanks for correcting me, Suzanne.
1: Yes, thank you, Suzanne. Um, and good to know that, um, yeah, it's not your favorite place, but I will say it is home to Jane, Son, and Silent Bob, Red Bank, New Jersey. I will personally like it. I know that.
0: yes thanks so much suzanne Uh, i did find it a little suspicious that there would be no trains between new york and new
2: jersey but nonetheless, it is now cleared up. Definitely it wasn't what I was saying on the episode. I was saying about, uh, about them going from Grand Central specifically. I think there was a, there was a, a comment that we'd received that it had gone, that there was no trains going from that particular station to the Jersey uh-huh. station they were trying to get to, I think was what they were. It becomes were even more clear now. But in I was right. So it doesn't matter. Thanks so much, Suzanne. Uh, next email. Yeah. Thanks so much,
0: Suzanne. Um, coffee and vodka. Um, came in with an email and said, Greetings, duplicitous defenders. The spear ran through as a figurative as well as literal plot device throughout the episode, even if the point was hidden at first. Travelling through the body of the story linearly, direct and without pause, parallel to Kilmonger's dispatching of his opponents. The last they left for us to envision for ourselves... Killmonger taking the throne after taking out T'Chaka as his final act of vengeance. It wasn't until the very end we saw the only real opposition or possibility of one. In the end, I found this one somewhat wanting due to no fault of its own. It held to the same taut, well-written, wonderfully voice-acted and excellently directed animation we've come to expect. Is it just me, or is this dark and depressing stretch of episodes begun... With episode three starting to wear a bit thin, savers Uatu. No rating due to an unsure frame of mind. Peace and stuff. Coffee and vodka. Thanks so much, coffee and vodka, for that. Um, yeah, I, just, I see you're agreeing with my fellow uh, hosts here. Um, I think the thing is, I've kind of just latched onto it being well-written, taught, wonderfully Mm voice-acted, and excellently directed animation. And I I guess it... That was enough for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm a simple man of simple pleasures.
2: <laughs> That's not simple. That's a really difficult thing to get right, and they and they definitely got it right in the episode. And and no criticism of it. It is a great episode. I just don't know how I feel about it, just given that we've had this run exactly as Coffee Vodka says, this run of. Uh, Dark and depressing episodes for the last few weeks. Um, maybe that's all it is. Maybe if this week had been, as I said, the, uh, the dance musical and, uh, uh, featuring Thor, maybe that, <laughs> maybe I would have been looking this next week going, wow, at least it's better than the dance musical featuring Thor. Yeah, <laughs> we could have got Rogers
1: the musical, which we know we're yes. going to see in the upcoming exactly. smash hit Christmas time. What was Iron Man three uh, Christmas themed Marvel universe? It's going to be Hawkeye. We will see Rogers the musical.
2: That's right. That's right. Absolutely. One thing that I uh, was I thought was a funny joke in a uh, in a one second spot in the in the ad. Let's not spend much time in the yep. uh, in the musical of <laughs> of uh, of Steve Rogers. Uh, thanks so much, Coffee Walker, for your feedback. You did mention uh, something in there. This the idea that we that we're to envisage um, Killmonger finally taking the throne uh when i read it first or when you were reading it first there john i thought he was saying that i'd missed something in the episode i thought that that he killed tachaka in the episode tachaka's not dead by the end of the episode so i, I think what what uh, coffee Vodka is saying is that that's probably the next step for killmonger is that he's going to go directly after the after the throne right i would say so yeah Correct. definitely he <laughs> is ambitious as old killmonger
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah thanks again coffee and vodka
1: Yes, thank you, Coffee and Vodka. Speaking of musical um, incarnations and so forth, over on Twitter, the wonderful Matt Murdock gave us his thoughts. No musical thoughts this week from me. No Robert Downey Jr. or Gwyneth Paltrow either, but that's okay. Just about everyone else was there, including Gollum Snoke himself, Circus. I liked it better than the zombie episode. Not as much as some of the earlier ones, but it was still good. Thanks for that, Matt. And yeah, uh, Circus was definitely one of the better ones. He really is. He's just, he's director. Apparently, he's doing the, the, the world tour at the moment with um, his upcoming Venom 2. Um, yes, that is carnage. true. And he was, was King
2: Kong as well.
1: He was. Yeah. So there you have it.
2: Thanks so much, Matt. Let's head on over to Facebook to get some feedback over there. We got some feedback from Victor van Doom who says, gonna need to rewatch this episode a few times before I can even begin to comment. Just wow. Also on Facebook, Dan Lee says, What if Tony Stark didn't die for once? Overall, an enjoyable episode, but I really had to look the other way for a couple of things. Like, to me, Tony felt really stupid in this episode. We know he's arrogant, but he's not stupid. And the pacing felt so rushed. This could have done with being 45 minutes plus.
0: Yeah, thanks, Dan, and thanks, Victor. Uh, We also got some uh, Facebook feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips. So is this the anti-hero-hero action-flick genre take, where the goody is a baddie, but quite a good baddie? (laughs) For the first time in the series, I'm feeling my lack of deep marvel. Means I probably missed something, though. Some theories bust, though. It's not all about love, and capes don't have a central place. But I have a new one. The only world that improves things is that with Captain Carter." Yes, she could have come back and sort of dispatched Killmonger quite easily, I reckon. Uh but I, I do like the goody baddie bad goody good at being a baddie. Uh <laughs> I think that is pretty uh a neat way of looking at it. Uh for sure. Thanks
2: yeah. so much for the feedback, Bob. Yeah, it's interesting, Dr. Bob. Yeah, Captain Carter's episode, is that the only one that ends that ends where the entire world is completely better? for the fact that she exists in it. Yeah,
0: that's one of your happy ones that you want. It was. Yeah.
1: It well, was. the second th- the second one we have ego and Star-Lord coming together, yeah. but theoretically that could be stopped by Thanos and T'Challa Star-Lord. So, maybe that one, but yes, so far Captain Carter, the world of Captain Carter is probably the only good one so far.
2: Absolutely. Let's hope we see more of that. Thanks so much Dr. Bob. I've got some more feedback here. Uh, Tony Thomas on Facebook says, the concept was great, the execution, meh. All the redeemable qualities of Killmonger in the movie seem to have disappeared. Tony seemed like an arrogant buffoon. I hated the way the show treated Pepper. She seemed like a girl in love with someone who had no interest. I'm enjoying the show. This episode was definitely not my favourite. Interesting thoughts, Tony. I know with the length of the episodes, I'm sure there's things they have to kind of eliminate so they can get to the central core storyline of what's going on here, given how short it is. But yeah, there's probably bits missing from Killmonger that uh, that may have made him a bit more redeemable um, if if they'd been allowed to extend this episode for 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 that reason. But some of those characters in Iron Man do feel very similar to this version of them for me uh thanks tony uh selima kisler says thoroughly enjoyed this episode killmonger is my favorite mcu villain so anytime they want to work him in here i'm for it and it looks like there will be a sequel to this episode oh we never know never know there must be something coming up that i may not have seen Selim. uh sandy says two words general Romanda. Oh yes, great to see Angela Bassett back here as a general Ramonda this time. Very cool, very cool. Uh, Deanna DeBrien Maskell says, So many zigs and zags, my head was spinning. I forgot how unlikable Tony was in, in early on. This episode showed how well-developed both Tony and Killmonger were in their original movies. The other versions just made me care about them, and this version just left me horrified. Can we send a copy of T'Challa's speech to every warmongering politician? I fear too many that need to hear that message missed it entirely. I get what some are saying about Pepper being underserved, but it felt true to the original story. And honestly, I love the idea of Shuri Pepper team up. Is it just me or is this series creating some serious girl power? <laughs> Very cool, Deanna. Um Yeah, I, I absolutely love that speech from T'Challa. Really, really cool. Um, I'm so glad that it was in this episode. Thanks, Debbie, over on Facebook. I also got a few emails in uh, after we were recording originally. Uh, first up on email, Victor van Doom has put together his thoughts. He says, Greetings Derek, John, Chris and fellow Defenders. Well after several watches I'm still sorting through the plot, consequences and my own emotions regarding this episode. Nice to see more of the Watcher. Is Owatu getting closer to meddling? This is another episode where King T'Chaka is alive. So no Iron Man equals no Avengers equals no Zemo assassination of T'Chaka. What could that lead to? Does this also mean no cap? Or no shield? Or even worse, the planet is left open to Thanos and Loki's first attack. Probably best I don't think about this too much. Pepper and Shuri will need some help to stop the coming war, but where could it come from? I sorely missed Robert Downey Jr.'s voice as Tony Stark, and hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice evoke the same emotion. Christian Everhart seems to be getting around in these episodes as well. Still a big fan of the series, and of course, your podcasts. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Thanks, Victor. Glad you're able to get your thoughts together. Um, doesn't mean no cap and no shield. They'll definitely be around. Um, they have been around since before Tony Stark. Um, so without him, they'll still be there. Uh, it may just be more difficult to close the the hole to stop the uh, the attack on uh, on New York. Um. But you never know, as we said, maybe it's Captain Marvel will come in and and stop that, or uh, maybe Shuri will give the suit to Pepper, and Pepper will be the Iron Man for the Avengers, or something like that. Uh, You never know. Uh, Thanks so much for your thoughts. Also, I got an email in from Jerry, who says, hey guys, lots of fun twists in this episode. The Machiavellian nature of of this episode was so fun to guess where it was going. Killmonger, so, so ruthless. My nitpick is the Dora Milaz would have figured out who killed T'Challa, no matter how much Killmonger covered his tracks. The episode ended too quickly. I need more, Jerry and Niceville. Thanks, Jerry, for that. Um, there you go. I think that answers uh, Victor's question. The Dora Milazia may help uh, Pepper and Shuri uh, with sorting out this issue with, with Killmonger and taking him down. Uh, they would likely figure it out, given enough time. Uh, I, I totally get that, Jerry. And finally, for our feedback, we have our voicemail from Steve Brown. Hey guys, it's Steve,
0: and uh, uh, just finished the "What If" Killmonger rescued Tony Stark, and uh, I don't know, not as thrilled with this one as uh, all the others. I don't, I don't know why. I can't put my finger directly on why I'm not as. uh yeah, I don't know. Uh I mean, the story was good. Was good. It was a little confusing to me in part, so I'm gonna have to watch it again. To really understand, but uh yeah, and I will watch this one multiple times you know probably I'll probably appreciate it more once I hear your thoughts and everybody else's thoughts on it.
1: all right, uh talk to you later,
2: to be honest, yeah, when I was writing the synopsis for the episode, it was really difficult to just get to the central core of exactly what was happening, part of partly because. Killmonger was hiding what was going on from everybody else and and trying to work out exactly how he was twisting things to his benefit did take a bit of bit of time and a couple of watches of the episode so hope you enjoyed it a bit more after watching it the next time. But yeah, I know what you mean it it seems kind of um central to most people's feedback about the episode that they just can't put their finger on why they didn't particularly like this one as much as the other episodes still good but can't but there's something about the episode uh, so interesting we all kind of feel the same way but you never know maybe maybe in the future if there is a second part which uh, some people seem to think that's coming up um, it may make it even better thanks to everybody for sending in your feedback
1: don't forget, if you want to send us some voicemails, if you want to send us any feedback, you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can do all that. Or you can just email it to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can also find us on Twitter at tvpodindustries or over on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us.
0: Yes, thanks so much for joining us, fellow Defenders. Uh, we will
2: be back. With episode seven next week. Absolutely. And more importantly, we know you've been asking. Um, We will be starting our Why the Last Man coverage in the next couple of days. We'll be recording our thoughts about Why the Last Man, the first three episodes. Um, we had a bit of a weird uh, embargo on our coverage for uh, Why the Last Man when we got the episodes a few weeks ago, but couldn't talk about them until they came out three days after they came out in the US, in fact.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but a week before they come out in in europe uh, on star on disney plus um, and so we are recording our coverage we will have it out we'll definitely have it out in time for the release on disney plus next week i hope you've been watching because i'm getting lots of great feedback from uh, those of our listeners who've have been watching the episodes uh really interested in the show uh, and definitely watch all three of the first uh first couple of episodes uh we're really looking forward to talking about that
1: Yes, so if you have feedback for the first three episodes, make sure you head them on over to feedback at com. <laughs> Wacky, fade the arm too bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time.
1: Bye.
0: Yeah, thanks so much, fellow defenders. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye.